0: Hello and welcome back to Lovecraft Country Critical. Yay.
1: Yay.
0: Yay. Woo. Um, I am joined by some currently disembodied and unnamed voices. Uh, Gaz, down under. Hello. Lucy. Hello. Uh, Len, also down under. Yes,
1: yes. Hello.
0: I am Emma, your host as usual. Welcome back. Uh, if this is the first time that you're tuning in, Welcome. Welcome to the show. There are, Welcome, there are yes. four other episodes that you could have listened to first, but if this is how you like to work, crack on. Today we're going to be talking about episode five <laughs> of Lovecraft Country. Why are you slagging them is, off?
1: Why are you slagging them off? I'm not
0: slagging you them off. I, you know, if you want to do things differently, that's totally fine. But go back and listen to them. Yeah. Do
2: you
3: one star <laughs> not welcoming to new listeners? <laughs>
0: Um, well, we are going to talk about episode five today, which is titled "Strange Case." As always, we will talk about our overall thoughts of the episode, give it a blueberry score, uh, then deep dive into the plot. Take a deep dive even into the plot mm. uh, before we head over to Cthulhu Corner and listener feedback. Uh, so let's just let's just get straight into it. Um, Gaz, I'm going to come to you first. What did you think of this episode? What is your blueberry score, and how does that blueberry scale work?
3: Okay, so blueberry scale. First of all, I'll kick off with that. Um, it is a simple yet complex beast. It's zero to five blueberries. How we rate all of our uh, all of our medium media. Sorry, medium. 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 We don't watch. <laughs> we don't watch medium. That's a that's a, a series coming soon. I'm sure. Oh my god! Imagine if we did that. <laughs> um,
0: Hey, look, I mean, TV's slow at the moment. Who
3: knows? It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll do that. And Charmed. and (laughs) and (laughs) Supernatural. Supernatural. Complete the trio. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, zero to five. uh, Five being wonderful and zero being shit. And you can't have half a blueberry. That is critical. Hence the name, fan critical. Um, It's not really where we get the name. Um... This series so far for me uh, has been uneven in its blueberry reception. Um, It got five blueberries for episode one, followed by three, followed by five. I wasn't here last week, but I'll tell you that I gave it a three. So, will I follow the pattern? Will the
1: pattern be followed? Just, you know, building... Building dun, a bit dun, of tension. Dun, dun. Yeah. The listeners have a, have a chalkboard and they've got all of our scores with little asterisks and they're correlating the, yeah. Absolutely. red yeah, string? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that they're
3: awaiting at chalkboard with bated breath. Yeah. Get ready. Well, I can tell you the pattern has been broken. Oh, shit. Oh, for so better or for worse. It's going to be a four. Well, it isn't can't it? be better because it's not, because it would have been five blueberries. <laughs> Lucy. You weren't listening you know the to scale. the explanation.
1: <laughs> Listen to the explanation of the scale, please. Every episode. <laughs> Do the explanation again, Gaz. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Do it again. <laughs> no, don't.
3: Okay. Um, so, it, it, yeah, it, it looks like it was in line. It looked like it was in line for another five bloobs, but um, sadly not. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought the episode was pretty uneven. Um sort of narratively speaking and um which was in complete contrast to last week which i thought was actually quite w- well held together in terms of narrative through lines um but whereas like last week was sort of a uh, a bizarre episode of the goonies um uh, this was a horrific episode of saw at times um like the grotesque horror was <laughs> Oh my word! Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it was hard to watch at times, though, wasn't it? Um, no. It was well, brilliant.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah.
3: Yes, I think it I'm was. I'm with you guys. Yeah. Because uh, we're not all psychopaths here, um, and new hairstyle and facial hair suggests that you might be
1: Len. Yeah. Um, it's fair. Yeah. Lockdown. I did comment on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, I mean, moustache and mad. headband. i I've, I've lost it. I've lost, lost it in him. lockdown. Absolutely
3: lost it. Um, not enough hair to wear a headband. Gaz, what is your I...
2: blueberry score? It's
3: three yeah, blueberries, Jesus. Lucy. Um, <laughs> it's We're going uh,
2: off
3: track there. I, mean, it, it, I think. Thanks, um, you know the the sort of Jekyll and Hyde part of the story is you know a strange case. Um, Did is, you say gecko oh, and Hyde? No, gecko. No, I didn't. Gecko and, and, and Hyde. Gecko, gecko and live. Jekyll and I Gecko and I. Part of the story was uh, the best. <laughs> bit probably the tightest packs and um but yeah other bits like Montrose's story we need to we need to resolve the death of Yahima before I care about Montrose I think. Um yeah so three blueberries.
0: Thanks Gaz. Um I'm gonna go next actually just for funsies. Treat Uh, yourself not really I'm the host (laughs) so do what you like. Um I'm I'm with Gaz here. I felt that this episode was really mixed, like some parts of it I really enjoyed and felt distinctly uncomfortable with um mostly ruby's storyline here Uh, and some of it was surprising to me because you know spoiler warning for cthulhu corner um doesn't quite match up with the book but was but interesting very interesting and i kind of liked the gory grossy stuff um but other parts of it just really fell flat for me, like seriously flat. And like Montrose's storyline, there was so much stuff in there that I wanted to unpack. And it just felt like it was a bit part that didn't matter. And I I think that was doing him a disservice because he's a really interesting character. Um, So I kind of ummed and ahed about this quite a lot, but um, uh, I agree with Gaz that this is um, a three-blood for me. Why,
1: why, why am I in such disagreement with the, the um, Montrose you're gonna stuff? You're going to have to wait. I, 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 you're going to have to wait, Len. Yeah, I will. Not I'm your waiting. Turn. I'm last waiting.
0: <laughs> <to> Lucy next. <laughs> um, no, go on, Len. You can go next. i huh? so uh, chomping at uh, the yeah, bit.
1: <laughs> I, I love the Montrose stuff. I actually, as much as I agree, and you know my thoughts from last week, that the Yahima thing was a complete, misstep from the show and a uh and a stupid moment for the Montrose character. Um and yes, I don't excuse him for anything uh that he did and, and just because he had a couple of moments this week which I think um his character more. I don't I don't forgive him for that act, but I do think that ballroom scene, fuck me, yeah. I love that scene that so was good. much. It's a good scene. That um, was good. That that for me was the show at its best I don't know what it was about it it's just that that was a good marrying of music cinematography character development um, and it was beautiful and I absolutely loved that scene um, and I think it humanized Montrose in a way uh, that makes him more understandable and his storyline this week I think does shed some light on why he does the things that he did and and is continuing to do, um. And Michael K. Williams absolutely smashed it. I mean, he is a fantastic actor. And I, and to be honest with you, like I know this is Ruby's episode, but I came away just thinking about that ballroom scene, um, and thinking about Montrose, which is interesting. I guess you guys took it differently, um. But I feel that like this was one of the strongest episodes of the season. Like the Ruby stuff, I've been looking forward to since reading the book. I think it's a fascinating. Um, sort of short story like like most of these stories are Um, and I thought they did a pretty good job of it I think the effects are absolutely out of this world good out of this world good I I have never seen because when you read this in the book you're like completely like this is disgusting and I was kind of like (laughs) and I was like the first time we saw it in the show today, I was like, there's not enough blood. I was like, first of all, I was like, when she woke up in the bed, I was like, there's not enough blood. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as visceral as I wanted it to be. And then they completely proved me wrong because throughout the episode. <laughs> I
0: was going to say, by the time gets... we got to the end of it, that was the oh, opposite. Oh my word.
1: it <laughs> is so blood. Look, look, obviously the true nature of this show is is, is horror in the, you know, the the, the sense about race and the sense about the actual horror tropes, right? And we've discussed that, but I think the the horror here on show that that metamorphosis is incredible. Like I've never seen anything like it um, done as well as this. Um, there's a couple of instances I'll talk about in Cthulhu Corner, but nothing as as, as good as this. Um,
0: so does that mean you're going to give it a five blue blend?
1: No, no, it's not five. It's a four <laughs> blueberry. Sorry, it's a four blueberry because I, no, I I still th- I still think. It's one of the stronger episodes, like four is a very good score, obviously, but I I think there's better in the season, Sundown being my favourite episode so far, I think, Mm. the premiere. Um, But there's a lot to discuss with Ruby and what the storyline means in terms of like struggling to pretend to be something that society deems you to be and then like shedding that persona. And there's also Montrose emerging from his sort of cocoon or chrysalis in this episode, which is, I think, very important to talk about. Uh, just the larger theme there, which I love. But four bloops for me, and I think I think it was a very good, very tight, um, very interesting episode.
0: Well, we can we can discuss and agree or disagree as we go through the plot. But first, last but not least,
2: Lucy, what did you think of episode five? Um, I'm going to echo kind of all of you because I think you've all made good points. And I will say that watching this... Especially Ruby's storyline. I think it was the best I have found the show. I thought it was such an interesting mm. storyline. Um mm. and the way it worked, it wasn't perfect, there were aspects of, of um what happens that I found quite either fell flat or didn't work quite well. Like and what you said about Montrose gaz about it's hard to care about him after what he did to Yahima, like I completely agree with that. But I agree with you, Len, that the way that scene was shot was beautiful. Um, and yeah and transformative again but yeah I think I actually really enjoyed watching this this episode probably more than any of the others because it kind of stuck with Ruby and that story and I think it kind of showed me that I'm really not interested in Tick I really don't think I'm that interested in what he's doing with these, (laughs) these pages and it's just not that interesting to me whereas this was like quite a linear narrative of one thing that it focused on and I thought I, was, I felt really quite engaged with it, and it was absolutely disgusting and disturbing. I'm also going to give it four blueberries. I think it's probably the best, My probably my favourite episode.
1: The two Ls on the same wavelength.
2: Mmm. Elves.
1: Thank L you powers. very much, Lucy. El power, well, yeah. An
0: interesting mix, actually. Um... Between us. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what we think about individual parts of it as we talk through the plot. Um, but before we do that, I'm just going to swing over to Len for a little advert break.
1: Hello, yes, advert time here at Lovecraft Country Critical. And this week, uh, simple ask, all we need you to do is click the subscribe button. If you're enjoying listening to this, please do subscribe to the podcast. Uh, We appreciate all your support. Um, But if you're bored of us talking about Lovecraft Country and say you want to listen to us talk about Marvel's Avengers or Stranger Things or Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead or Westworld or Watchmen etc etc yes we've done a lot of podcasts all you have to do is search fan critical on any podcast app uh, platform Spotify that's fan critical and on there we've got over 220 podcasts covering all of those things where you have me Lucy Emma John and Gaz uh, discussing absolute garbage at times as well like the worst of Netflix we've done a how the fuck have you not seen that series that's brilliant check that out that's a lockdown series. So, if you're in lockdown and you need something to listen to, check that one out, Fan Critical. Also, you can sponsor us further at Patreon. You can go to www.patreon.com forward slash fan critical. And on there, you can give us some precious dollary dues. That goes towards operating costs, it goes towards uh, us creating more content for you guys than this And listeners. feeding John. You do. And feeding John, who we've obviously had to sideline in this podcast. Um, thank God uh, but there's also a chance on there to commission a podcast we've done several commission podcasts now we've done like World War Z uh, hereditary midsummer um, no country for old men the list goes on so go to patreon.com forward/ fancritical any financial support uh, that we get is so greatly appreciated and it means the world to us so that's patreon.com forward/fan critical and one last thing please do leave us a review on itunes it has been a, a great show for us we've get a, getting a lot of positive feedback occasionally this slight bit of negative feedback but that's the nature of the beast uh, but we would just love your opinions on the show please do leave us a review go on itunes and leave the podcast a lovely little review and that would be greatly appreciated five bloobs please back to emma
0: Okay, so this episode opens up with uh, a woman, a white woman, lying mm-hmm. in bed, naked, and draped in satin sheets. Uh, yes, she's looking familiar. She starts mm-hmm. looking at her hands in confusion, and then she seems to be seriously panicking. So then she jumps up and she rushes to the mirror, and you can just hear her saying, Wake up, Ruby! Wake up, Ruby! To her reflection, before we hit the title scene, um, which is really interesting, because you've got Lovecraft Country uh and then you've got ruby's face which is Mm. different which is really interesting um so ruby in inverted commas who we've probably all now assumed is is this lady heads out into the street looking absolutely fucking bonkers right Mm -hmm. crazy mad um so the police arrive she automatically jumps back put her hands up and they start accusing a young black man next to her basically of molesting her because she's a white woman in a black neighborhood Mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of very reminiscent of our conversation last week about Emmett Till Um, and I imagine many many others untold of the same ilk Um, but regardless she then takes a ride in the back of the car with the cops uh, and they're explaining that they're taking her back to her husband uh, who turns out to be William waiting for her and as mm-hmm. he carries her back inside, we see her skin start to bulge and um, she looks like she's having some kind of quite serious attack from her body inside out. Uh, Gaz, what did you think was happening
3: here? Um, is it boring if I say I thought she was turning back into Ruby? Because that is what I thought was happening. Yeah, no. <laughs> make something else uh, up. <laughs> no, that's fine. It, <laughs> oh, make something up. I thought she she's turning into a dragon. Um, oh, what? Give
2: her <laughs> friends.
3: That would be cool. Um it was pretty horrific like the cracking sound that accompanied this was putting mm. me on edge to be honest it
0: made me feel like which was what was the Stephen King adaptation where they where one of them talked about their sister dying from meningitis oh pet cemetery Pet yeah, it reminded me of that when you saw her all, like, distended mm. and yeah. horrible. And, I mean, mm-hmm. awful, and I'm very sorry for bringing up such a traumatic thing, but that was what immediately came into my head, and I was like, this mm. is wrong, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it.
3: No, very unpleasant. Um, and, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I know you sort of, after after William brings her back in and has her on the floor on the plastic um you know something is about to happen American psycho very American psycho it's murdering proper and um, and she's like I don't I don't want to die William's response um, I can't remember it's not it's not the most reassuring (laughs) is it it, he would say
0: "Metamorphoses isn't death and we're like what I don't want I don't want Um, that
2: either so
3: (laughs) neither of those options is brilliant Um, yeah I and choose neither. And and then just obviously it sort of f- fades, um, not fades. It uh, ch- focus changes and it's blurred, but it's still horrific and yeah. you still hear it. And mm. I was like, "This is one hell of a start to this show." Yeah, I'm already. This is a lot.
0: This bit of the scene, so he's taking out a knife and we see mm. him stabbing her in the chest. And then as yeah. it pans out, like you say, it unfocuses. It focuses in on the TV and you've got a guy on the telly talking about locusts shedding their skin yeah. while you can mm. see him just slicing away at Ruby in the background. Fucking gross. Carving her up. Yeah, I mean, like, Len, this is slightly different to probably what we were expecting. How did that...
1: Yeah, better. it's better. It's better. It's, mo- it's way better than the book. Uh, the the book is obviously it describes it as best it can. Um, but this bit, I was like, Jesus, they're really going for a bit of the violence. I was like, why yeah. is he cutting her open? This is this is weird. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I love the American Psycho vibe. William, for me, is becoming uh, uh, well. Look, w- Wistino is becoming a Chris Chris William is becoming a better Chrisium. Oh, is Chris kind of becoming a, a better character for me as the show goes on i actually really like william let's in just call way. him weiner <laughs> he's he's fulfilling the caleb braithwaite sort of role more and more um as the show goes on and i, I love i love this whole storyline with ruby i i was excited like reading it in the book i found it fascinating just in terms of like um you talk about a social commentary in this show, and this 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 short story is like a social experiment, yeah, really. isn't it?
3: Len, I just I saw um I saw a comment online that I thought was quite interesting. Um, that was like the what's happened here is that they've turned they've turned whiteness into a drug. Um, that mm. that uh, that Ruby's got addicted to, and right. it's almost like she has that first taste, and that, that, and it's yeah. sort of a horrific experience in a lot of ways but then it's like I've got to give this another go
2: We imbues her with power that she never had and I said last week Mm. um, about you know white women being like their privileges are second only to white men and this episode proves it because she goes and has a lovely day Mm -hmm. she has free ice cream (laughs) free ice cream (laughs) I saw a similar comment Gaz but it was saying that magic is whiteness and so when they're talking about the magic and mm. the protection, what that's a kind of a stand in for whiteness. So Yeah. Mm. Similar.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think what's really interesting about it, um, you know, and we'll obviously talk about the rest of what actually happens, but is the way that so many things Ruby does and says as a white woman come mm. across so differently than yeah. if she were to say them and do them as a black yeah. woman. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. that's why when I said I felt uncomfortable. That's where I felt really uncomfortable in this episode. I mean, there are other particular examples, you know, towards the end, perhaps, where I felt distinctly mm. uncomfortable. Ruby, thanks for that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's fascinating. Um, it, I mean, this episode is split, basically, between Ruby's story and Montrose, really, apart from a couple of bits with Tick and Letty. So just after we see this happening um you know and we leave Ruby being sliced up on the floor and um, we move to Montrose who is just basically sitting in a chair looking pretty glum mm. um and then Letty and tick turn up looking for yahima um when tick works out that Yahima is no longer there he goes bonkers um attacks Montrose he's eventually pulled off um hey? don't be dirty. Filthy little bugger! You've woken up, haven't you? <laughs> um, he heads down to the Such basement, to the dark room. That. Jesus. Yeah, the, the it really bagger. is an English fifteen-year-old. Um, he so he heads for the basement, he heads to the dark room, and he is he he's lost it at this point. He's lost all control of himself, um, and he's asking Letty if she took pictures of the pages that they rescued. Um, and as he's losing his temper and all of that control, he suddenly realises that Letty is shaking and she's holding the baseball bat that she keeps for yeah. protection because she's scared of him. Yeah. And I like. You know, to an extent, Luce, I I get what you mean about not really caring about Tick because this part of the story, especially in this episode, just could have been left on the back burner a bit. Yeah. Um, But I actually thought, I think the two of them together are quite powerful. Um, I think they've got good chemistry. And I think this particular scene was really. Um, impactful for me I mean did it have any effect on you or do you just not yeah no
2: it? I I think it was just because I found the Ruby story so interesting cutting back to this and just oh we need to find p- bits of paper again it's like oh, I don't really care <laughs> but um I agree that their chemistry <laughs> is really bits good I think <laughs> the quest for the paper um Letty is an amazing character and I think she's like been the standout of the season and I haven't really felt like that way about Tick from the start, but I think it's just this episode. I was like, "Uh, I don't really care. But when he spoke about the impact that his father's behaviour had on him growing up and how he swore he never would be like that until he went to the war and it was like he was given permission to act out all of his rage. And yeah, seeing how it affects Letty. And she doesn't know at that point. She she quite naively thinks that um, Montrose's let Yahima go. Like, where would she have gone? She's not an animal that she's been let <laughs> yeah. out the back door. Wandering the streets. Yeah, very naive yeah. there. Um, but it kind of annoyed me a bit as well. That it was like, no, he killed her. Anyway, back to these bits of paper. Like, it, why why introduce this amazing character if you're just going to go bleep?
1: I think this relates to last week's title of the episode. I, I actually don't mind the Atkus, um stuff this week, but mainly because it involves Montrose. But like because last week it was called a history of violence right yeah. the episode was called a history of violence and that is what we're seeing play out before our eyes like um montrose yeah, point, and we'll actually. get on we'll get onto to more of him later on but we know he had an abusive father we know that he is not comfortable living in his own skin yeah and we're sort of understanding why he's doing the things that he does to tick and we talked about it last week about how Sometimes um, parents, especially in African-American households at the time, were being hard on their kids to prepare them for the world that they were going to go into. We talked about this last week. And that is what um, Montrose was doing to Tick. And what's happened is throughout their relationship growing up, uh, Tick has always had these scuffles with Montrose, whether it's about literature, whether it's about interviews that he was going to give about him being in the war, which we've heard about earlier in the season. Um, it, it's all been brewing to a head, and this is this is the first time that we know of that Tick has absolutely
3: destroyed his
1: father, lost control and destroyed mm. his father. So it's been building up to that point. It's a history of violence in the family, a history of violence between these two characters, um, and the cycle is repeating itself. It seems, you know, and we don't want to see Tick go down this same path. And I don't think he will. I think obviously he's got a lot of um, scars from the war uh, and I'm yeah. sure we'll see more of that next week but um, it, it's just interesting to me this theme of a history of violence.
0: Any household of violence there is a propensity to repeat that behaviour yeah. through, does anyone through think, no fault of one's own
2: Does anyone think that um, the pages themselves are kind of acting a bit like the one ring in Lord of the Rings In that Letty says these was, are the tool of yeah. the devil so is this coming out of, Mon- of um, Tick because of his father or are they all being corrupted by the power was montrose corrupted by the power to kill yahima is tick corrupted by the power to uh, beat the shit out of his dad like it's it's a corrupting influence for I, sure i think
3: t- tick's argument is that the war was the corrupting influence on him wasn't it um mm. i feel it i gave feel him like a mission we'll... to
2: be like that
1: mm. i i well, think well, it's interesting if they did go down that route if they did go down a route of this the, the book of names being Uh, like the one ring Lucy unfortunately I don't think they are going to do that but I (laughs) think you know you're like that's that's, not happening (laughs) that don't happen it's not the one ring look the book (laughs) yeah but they're not really following the book like 100% I think it's like anything it's you know
0: it's forbidden knowledge um Mm. makes man as in the race of mankind not just man men um make decisions one way or the other you know whatever that knowledge or that kind of power that they're gathering can make you make good or bad decisions. And I think, you know, he says later on, it's, it's how, how, what you decide to do with it. You know, it's not inherently bad in itself. It's what we decide to do with it morally. Um, it, well, while we're with Tick and Letty, actually, let's just skip on to their next scene. Cause I think mm-hmm. there's a nice run after that with Ruby. Um, so they're back together he's licking his wounds not almost literally actually he's cleaning them um mm. letty says that she has taken pictures of the pages and then we have that conversation about the violence he experienced as a child with montrose because she asked him if if i hadn't been there would you have killed him um and he said he would have thought about it when he was younger and we get this like this admission from letty that that side of him really scares her and i wonder if she's ever experienced any fear of violence like that before because it feels like she hasn't
1: Mm. yeah in the book we know more about her father being a um massive gambler who um
0: but a very good professional gambler
1: yeah and taught her how how to play uh poker and stuff like that which makes her a very cunning character in the book and she is a very cunning character here so we can only guess at that wisdom was passed down onto her but i I don't know about any violence within her household it's hard to say her mother was a very devout christian uh, and psychic remember um (laughs) so it's it's an interesting household that she grew up in but we, we don't know much more about it than that
0: no um what we do know though Talking about households Is that we had another sex scene And this time My parents didn't walk in While it was
3: on <laughs> Oh nice
2: Bonus
0: So that was a relief
3: So you can We can dispel the theory That it was your parents Walking in that caused sex scenes
1: That's We can yes now.
0: Thankfully Thankfully um, yes I thought
1: this was a nice Tender moment For these two characters um, You know They're doubling down On their relationship In the show And uh, and like me and Emma Have said you know, Atticus I think it takes a bit more of a backseat du- du- during the book now. And it's all these other individual characters and you stay with them, really. Um, but to see this and a lot of this stuff probably happens off screen, as it were, in the book. So it's, yeah. it's great. It's great to actually have a, um, two characters who we care about. Um, Letty being my favorite character in the show and like just, you know, having a moment of happiness in, in amongst all the horror that's going on around them. Uh is quite nice. Yeah,
0: it is. Um but we don't get to escape from horror for long because we're gonna go mm. back to Ruby and William now. Uh oh. so back in the bedroom, uh, William is talking to us about butterflies. Um and yes. how they live and die and then grow again into another caterpillar from the cocoon of the dead one, which is ranked. Does that happen? Um is that and he real? talks about I I didn't look it up, Lucy, if I'm honest. It was a bit. I, what well, I actually yeah. wrote in my notes was no, yay, science time.
3: Caterpillars don't well, I caterpillars thought- don't die, they turn into a butterfly. No,
2: I know, but he said then butterflies die and then a caterpillar comes from that. That
1: That's doesn't not seem true. right.
2: Okay, good. That's if that true. is that true,
1: it. all of the books I read, like the children's books I read when I was younger, what's Very that one? Hungry, the hungry Caterpillar. Caterpillar. Yeah. yeah. Hungry Caterpillar. Well, I need a sequel to that. Yeah. I need a sequel yeah. to that. The River. Yeah.
0: The Very Hungry Butterfly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But he, ta- he starts talking about um, how he has all of these theories and they've only ever been theoretical until he met Hiram Epstein. Mm-hmm. Hiram? Mm. Hiram. Yeah. I you know it's Hiram. Hiram. Why, what, it's what Hiram. Is, why are you bad at this? Um, so then he starts talking about <laughs> magical doorways. Uh, which is exciting but the interesting mm. part of this I think is that when Ruby starts talking about and you've, you've mentioned this Lucy how she was treated differently people were scared for her not of her in that situation yeah. mm. um, and William stands there and he goes well look, here's the vial if you want to do it again here it is and he plonks it down next to a huge wedge of cash um, which felt a bit sort of thanks for your services yes Um and there is literally no time to wonder if she's going to take it or not because the next scene is her going out as this white woman. Uh, mm-hmm. This is where she gets a free ice cream. That doesn't happen to anyone. Cardi B. Um, n- n- she's like, she's walking down the street and she keeps stopping yeah. because she feels like she's in the way and she's not. And it's really, it's amazing to watch her do that. I mean, Gaz, what did you think about her choosing to do it again?
3: Well, like I said, the, um, the comment about it being a drug it's kind mm-hmm. of like that and he's got she's got um she's got william as the f- facilitator the provider pusher. of the drug the pusher the dealer um the dealer yeah all all of the words and um all of the drug <laughs> words <laughs> um and yeah it's interesting that you know she's like i'm not this isn't happening again that was it i'm done um but once it's there mm-hmm. in front of her she she can't resist um mm. and you know it's yeah it, it, it's funny how Different a light is painted on this this era, isn't it a fifties chicago um
0: completely and Ooh.
3: and you know this 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 version obviously from her perspective um or from 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 our perspective watching this version of Chicago in the fifties is is so idyllic and wonderful and uh, it it just paints over uh everything that we we know is is below the surface
1: um yeah or all, all, all the other bad stuff that we've been seeing is just you know forgotten in this Just removed. one minute montage of, yep. of her wandering around the streets and it's incredible yeah. it's it's, incredible anyway. it's a, a dream like um scene as well
3: yeah. you know it, it it and that's what it feels like it it doesn't um yeah. a lot of her a lot of her scenes sort of play out like a dream they're a bit surreal and
0: We've um, almost got that kind of rose-tinted tinge to them, haven't yeah. they? Where they, it doesn't quite until later on, um, where it doesn't quite feel real. But I think that's because it's hard to see that being reality when we've been so immersed in what it's like for the other side, so to speak. Um, but after her first day, her first day properly out as um, who she's now chose to be, Hillary Davenport, we find out mm. later. Mm. Uh, she's taking a bath back at William's place. Um and he comes in to wash her back that's lovely isn't it Um, uh, and she basically says like why have you chosen me I'm not special and he says he saw magic in her but she will owe a friend of his a favor at some point in the future Um, until then she can do as she pleases in whichever skin she likes and then Ruby mm-hmm. brings up something you know and we've talked about you know, whiteness as a drug, and you know the, that kind of thing. But she mentions whiteness as a currency, mm-hmm. which I thought was quite an interesting concept. And then she says, you know, I don't, I don't know which is harder, being a woman or being black. You know, normally I'm happy with both. Um, and I think she'll probably change her mind about that shortly. What, what do you think about what William said to her about kind of seeing magic in her um, and their relationship together, Lucy?
2: Uh, do we trust him? I don't know. I mean, uh, we obviously know what he really is. But, I mean, at this point, he's saying, I saw magic now in we you. don't know. I think, obviously, she's got the link to the Winthrop house, and I think that's what he's interested in. And, yeah, it, this is a way of kind of, like Gail said, with the drug thing. You get her addicted to doing this, and then she'll probably do whatever you want. Do whatever bidding you want. Um, it's quite an interesting relationship. Although it annoyed me when he like went in and then immediately got the towel. So like, I'm not done with the bath yet. Why are you getting the towel immediately? <laughs> like you haven't consulted yeah, me to see here for hours. These things just annoy mm. me. Um No it's an it's an interesting dynamic between them and when he I know it's skipping head, mm. but when he sort of picks her up as Hillary outside the uh the store, you can see she is quite like
1: happy about it. Yeah. Like Spitten. happy that
2: the, the stupid yeah. Berks that she works with see it, but also it's just yeah, like cool guy Burks. Cool guy Burks. Are we good, going such like nineteen insult. nineties insults today? Yeah. You fucking so Burke.
1: <laughs> I'm
2: trying yeah. to not swear as much. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting yeah, dynamic I, I, between them, for sure.
1: Um Ru- I am surprised that they went down the route that I think Ruby's very mm, I think in the book she's a bit more let's say uh, standoffish with with Caleb, it is in the book, but with, with William, let's just say William. Like she she doesn't like him. She knows something nefarious is, is going on. She, she, she doesn't kiss him on the lips and all that sort of stuff. Like she's very yeah, much very sort particular. of swooned by him in the show. And that caught me a bit off guard because I was a bit like, I think Ruby's a bit... S- I think she's a smart character. I think she's obviously, like you said, Gareth, they've gone down this more of a sort of, it's a drug route and she's sort of just riding the wave at the moment, um, which which I thought was interesting. Um, but, you know, we see some of the nefariousness later on in this episode. So, you know, she, she's, on, she's on it.
0: Well, look, Ruby decides to use her new skin uh, to go to the department store she's always wanted to work in for an interview. So here turns up Hilary Davenport... Um she tells this really crafted story of her, her background that, you know, she's come from a tiny little town in Maine and this, that, and the other. She gets a challenge from Mr. Hughes, the manager, about you know how do you feel about working with coloureds? Is what he says, um, and then gets the role of assistant manager, Um, and then right at the end of this scene, she's kind of she's shooting out, and before she can actually get any further, she starts convulsing again, and then like Mm. bleeding from her skin. Gaz, what what? How did this work for you? Because it worked really well for me.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, (laughs) I it it reminded me. Or it made me think of like when you're in an interview and you really, really badly need the toilet. And yeah. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> this is I've got to go. I've got to yeah. go.
0: Thanks very much. It's a pleasure to meet you.
3: Do, did you have any uh, final points to make in support of your application? They- no, I've got to go. Bye. that. Um, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, the the cracking and the, I mean, Mr. Hughes doesn't realise anything's going on, but um. Uh, obviously she runs off she leaves her um her potion potion behind mm. yeah. um, which it, it interested me in so much as it seemed to not have an impact um, no I yeah. thought this is this is going to be bad she's going to end up sort of stalking the streets in sort of a visceral visceral coated yeah naked bloody yeah but instead it was just like Scene over, so okay. Well, why did it matter that she left her potion behind? It wasn't
0: well, yeah. I mean, there Imagine wasn't really a resolution it. to that.
3: Oh my god, what? <laughs> oh my god, what's the like that would have been incredible. What? What's the sort of the stage that would he become if you... a
2: white woman or a,
1: yeah. a black, man? black
2: man? I think maybe judging by what he wants or, to do later no, on. Like I, black think, woman. Well,
1: I think you guys have a bit more to learn about this potion, but I won't spoil it. Does it turn him so... into an e- eagle? I won't spoil what the potion, where it comes from. Two foot goblin
2: butterflies. We've told. Tell- we already yeah. know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, look! Th- th- after this, we then get to kind of start Montrose's storyline in this episode, and it's a really short scene where he goes to visit Sammy from the bar. So we met him earlier on in the season. He's got a really badly swollen eye. Um, there is basically no dialogue in this at all. Um, But this is where we get the confirmation about their relationship, that there is something physical between them. I think romantic between them. Um, They have sex and it's clearly a very specific release that Montrose needs. He needs to be with Sammy because things have gone so, so wrong. I mean, Len, you talked about really liking Montrose's storyline. This first bit I felt was a bit not quite enough. But, you know, how did you feel about it?
1: I think this dovetailed with the scene in the ballroom and the scene where they're getting ready to go to this party. I think all of it marries together very nicely as a little narrative story about Montrose. I mean, it it this is interest. We talked about this last week. It's interesting to me because Montrose is a far less com- he's complicated in the book, but he's he, they've really doubled down. I think they've got. I think they've looked at it and gone. We've got Michael K. Williams here. Um, Let's let give, let's give, him give this character amazing, more range. Hmm. Let's give him, you know, hmm. torment. Let's give him con- conflicting, um, conflicting issues that he has to deal with. Because, like like we said, his whole life growing up, he had an abusive father, uh, and that's obviously because of um, because he's because he's gay because he's a homosexual man, um, and and that's that's that to me that makes his character much more interesting and makes his decisions far more understandable in a way, but also, as I said, not forgivable for killing I Don't take that as me forgiving him because I do not forgive him for that. It but gives it him so much
0: it, more depth, doesn't it? And it makes it gives his, his, his character depth. more explainable. Uh, yes. I, think I think it, it, it grounds so cool. his anger.
1: That's the thing. It yeah. grounds his anger yeah, because but... he he can't be who he wants to be. And that goes back to this theme in this episode of of metamorphosis, change, acceptance, um, That's all fine. That's all fine, but yeah, none of
3: it justifies. Something. None of it justifies no. what he did last week. No, and, no. I, and I'm like, oh. so are, are you supposed to be like, oh yeah, okay, fair enough, kill Yahima because you, you've got some repressed sort of sexuality and you, you don't feel comfortable in in this yeah. in this society, so that explains it. I, I don't think so. Maybe it explains being a bit of a shit dad mm. but yeah I, it doesn't
1: i I, I, th- I think i think what the show is doing quite well and, and look we love great characters um game of thrones being a perfect example of, of, of a series where there are characters who do unspeakable things i'm going to say jamie lannister for one uh but then you love the character um montrose did an unspeakable thing but he's a great character and i think the show is doing a very good job of that yeah, of course it doesn't excuse what he did to Yahima last week. Yes, it makes it slightly more understandable. I think the reason he killed Yahima is more because of this history of violence sort of narrative and what we discussed earlier. But it's he's a grey character. I love grey characters. I love the way that they make me love them, then hate them, then question what I would have done in that situation and and, and and so forth. So I think they're doing a pretty good job with Montrose, you know, not just giving us a, hey, he's a good guy. Hey, he's a bad guy. Uh, at, you know, interpreting his characters is fun. It's interesting. I, I don't, yeah,
3: I don't quite agree. Like the difference with Jamie Lannister is that at the time you go, like, I can see why he's done this thing. It's a terrible mm. thing to have done and it makes him a terrible mm. person but considering that he's a terrible person I get why he's done it with yahima I'm just left going I, d- I don't understand that's really frustrating like I don't I don't get this mm-hmm. and
0: we don't have an explanation for uh, it I think is the thing isn't it
3: and and it, there's no there's no like <sighs> right now right now they're trying to redeem him without explaining why it happened
2: yeah I think you know that's I mean? the problem because that uh, the ballroom scene is beautiful, but to frame it as some kind of cathartic release for Montrose and to ask us to care about that yeah. when he's murdered Yahima, and we've not really had much sort of development on that is a difference but if if the, we if in Game of Thrones he um you know Jamie Lannister push Brown out of the window and then the next minute you're seeing him and they're trying to make him like into a good guy or like, oh, but look at him, he's having a happy time yeah. now. jarring <laughs> with that. Look game. at him It wouldn't, flowers. It wouldn't yeah. work. It's completely no, different.
1: Well, sh- well, should we talk about, the- should we talk about the ballroom scene now, Em? Yeah, I was going to say,
2: let's just finish
0: Montrose's story because I think that actually we've got into a good conversation about it. So the next, the other two scenes that we have um, is when all the guys are getting dressed up um, in their beautiful drag. Um, mm. And then we head to the club where Sammy is performing, looking at stunning um, Montrose, very kind of forlorn. And then the whole thing changes, and it is a really beautiful scene. Mm. I mean, it's so like,
2: exciting that there's all the drag queen, the drag race women, well, men, Shangela and Monet exchange. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching. It, I was like, Shangela. Oh, I knew yeah. I recognised some yeah. faces. And Shangela is yeah, in um, yeah. A Star Is Born as well, so I was extremely yeah. excited. Yeah. So that was very, yeah, fun that's true.
0: I think it was just that moment where they dance together and then they kiss. Yeah, and. Mm montrose has gone from seeming seeming so lost and broken and i think yeah like unengaged really to all of a sudden kind of letting go and mm. i think being a part of something when he feels so apart from everything i mean gaz you and i both gave the episode of three like len i know really love this scene what did you think about it
3: well i i I really like this scene as well. But I liked this scene just as a standalone bit of um mm. bit of TV. It reminded me of the sort of thing that like a channel would include in an advert about their channel do you know what I mean like the the <laughs> dramas like
2: yeah wonderful
3: yeah. dramas and like there's that scene of him sort of standing with his arms out and the the camera sort of panning up from him um the Shawshank the, the, shot the Shawshank the Shawshank shot, shot. but it, it like it was it was beautifully shot it was the music was beautiful but I would have loved watching it if I had just been jumped dumped into that scene without having seen anything that happened before it and it's it's not yeah I, I i don't i don't think i liked it because i was like oh redemption for montrose or yes an explanation of who montrose is i i loved it for the visuals and the music and um the acting and and that's the thing like there's no there's no there's no uh audible dialogue but um just his face is enough and you don't need to i so i think i loved it despite
1: uh the, the the narrative meaning not very much to me lonely world i'll put it in here by uh, Moses moses is an absolutely beautiful song Such a soundtrack it, nerd. I think this show, and we've had a bit of conversation about this. We all have different opinions, and online there are so many different opinions about how this show is using modern-day music uh, juxtaposed with the imagery, and sometimes it doesn't work. And I, I think there's a couple of times this episode where it doesn't work. However, this is the perfect way to use music. Uh, to tie um, sort of retro a retro scenario uh, and a situation with modern day music it was beautiful and empowering and every this is this I know this sounds mad something about this scene just hits me like I know we talked about you can't care about Montrose but I was so against what he did last week if you listen to last week's podcast I was clearly like angry wasn't I and, no, and then, you,
2: you supported his right to know. do it. You said, "Yeah, you you understood
1: why." And then, and, the <laughs> right option. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine if I did that. Imagine yeah, how Montrose, many years. Uh, five blues. Imagine is what you said. Last imagine week. the feedback we would have got if I said that. Um, no, but like th- this, this literally got me right in the feels. It, 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 it it's the most beautiful scene in the show so far in my opinion. I, I loved everything about it. I just absolutely adored it. It
2: is so beautifully shot and acted and it just his face, like you say, is almost like you can see the weight lifting when he finally gets to smile and and they kiss. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. And it doesn't it doesn't what happened before doesn't detract from the scene, but I do think framing it as like a redemptive thing for Montrose or cathartic for me doesn't work because he hasn't said a fucking word about Yahima and I don't think we'll probably ever hear (laughs) about her again and that's quite annoying. No.
1: I was going to say it's going to be interesting to see what happens after this. Is he just going to go back into his shell? That'll be interesting to see because this feels like a moment uh, and I hope they follow that on.
0: Well, look, I mean, we'll we'll wait and see what happens next episode but there could certainly be... um, there could certainly be some good ways that they could continue this, um, even on the redemption arc. More dread queens, um, I say. Yeah, I That's say what more the drag show Queens. Yeah.
2: And more Cardi B. Um Well it
0: let's let's um <laughs> let's talk about Ruby's time at the department store. So um I apologise to everyone listening that we're not necessarily going chronologically with the episode, but I think it That's makes fine. sense to stay on a stream. So Ruby's first day at work. Mr. Hughes is very, very nice to her. Um, and Mr. To, Hughes. Is that his so, name? He's Crutcher. such a fucking creep, man. Mr. So there are a Hughes. few things that happen in these first scenes. So firstly, she uh, is talking to Tamara. Tamara. Uh, who is the uh, black woman who has has got the job uh, on one of the counters. And she's talking to her about her qualifications and how she really needs to be, you know, not just average, but fantastic. Uh, Then it's contrasted with a scene um, of her in the break room with the rest of the ladies, um, which turns pretty awkward. And then it kind of closes off with William turning up uh, outside and all the the girls being like, oh, who's that? They prefer to be called Burke, I think,
2: Emma yeah all those fucking yeah. term. Um,
0: yes. <laughs> um like so Gans, like this sort of trio of scenes how did they land for you because you like me really enjoyed ruby's story didn't you
3: yeah the, and i think i, I think i like the, these sort of elements of of the show more than anything is the sort of uh little self-contained stories i mean it's it's not quite self-contained mm-hmm. but you know what i mean like it works yeah. isn't so mm-hmm. little uh mini story little
0: vignettes yeah
3: twilight zone um, yeah it's a bit like that and um yeah it's it's interesting to to have i think it's i think it's really hard for an actor to play like a character that is pretending to be somebody that they're not if you know what i mean um it's like the, the double character thing and uh, there were times where i don't i don't know i found the acting a little jarring throughout this um but then I, I was thinking to myself, maybe it's supposed to be like this and I'm sure it is. so for example, the way that she's talking to Tamara I'm, I was getting really oh kind God. of mixed messages and it was it was unco- it was such an uncomfortable conversation mm. um, but mm. I think that was intentional um, I, Yeah, I think so where yeah like initially I was like, oh I don't get it isn't isn't she trying to be pleasant like why has everything got such an edge to it but i think that is the entire point is that well, this
0: is what i said at the beginning about like some things may come out of a person's mouth that sound perfectly normal so if ruby had said that as ruby it would have been really supportive and positive but because she says it um as hillary she sounds like an absolute twat burke. Mm.
3: Burke. A burke <laughs> total A burke total berk.
0: sorry guys carry on
3: yeah and um uh and i guess it's 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 fascinating how she has that approach with Tamara where um i think she's almost like the 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 conversation she has about the fact that she has to be better uh, than everybody else is um is fascinating and 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 like we're saying if that had come from ruby that would have been a a motivational speech coming mm. from uh, hillary it's extremely condescending yeah um and and it, that, that's a fascinating dynamic to see at play mm.
0: yeah i totally agree i mean lucy what about the the dynamic in the break room with all of the other department store girls uh you know trying on clothes and having Burks. this conversation about going to the other side of the city the south side and you know that
2: Burks. yeah that what i what i found yeah, the quite Burks. interesting about this and it was a bit unexpected was that when they're you know saying their things um Ruby doesn't get defensive straight away. She's not, like, in there defending black people. She kind of tries to still ingratiate herself a little bit. and like, Well, as long as they're qualified and she doesn't actually say anything outright that would, you know, blow her cover. Not blow her cover, because then no one's going to guess what's actually happened. But <laughs> even just to blow her cover, that, that she's not, like, a horrible a racist minute. like they are. <laughs> um, and it was interesting as well, yeah, when she started dancing... And I think it ties in later that when Ruby's speaking to Christina and she's saying, like, white women want to be us, we want to be them. And it's, you know, they all are like, oh, well, they take us to the south side because it's fun because it's cool. They want to, like, fit in with that and kind of, they would probably love to take a trip to that side of life like Ruby's doing, but Ruby's going the opposite way. So, yeah, I found it really interesting and just, you know, the way her, like, body would tense up certain things and yeah I thought it didn't go the way I thought it was going to but that made it better for me.
0: Yeah I think it's really interesting isn't it and I, I actually everything that happens has a point in this episode. It has a something behind it and, and some of it is just here feel awkward because um, actually you know this is a really uncomfortable thing to hear come out of that person's mouth or you know whether it's just making you think a bit more about what it is that you know people want what they don't have So to speak. Um, I mean, look, so William turns up and um, he has turned up to call in his favour, which is for uh, Ruby to attend a party which uh, she'll meet Christina to give her instructions then he gifts her a box that you assume is going to be a ball gown and it's a maid's uniform I don't know mm. why I said it like that <laughs> yeah um, this, this good <laughs> um, but so, uniform. it's a maid's uniform uh, this meeting or uh, well, this event actually turns out to be a meeting of the lodge so we've got the police mm. captain Lancaster um, and a bunch more sons of Adam and Christina basically asks her to hide something in the captain's office mm-hmm. um, Um, which Ruby is against until she hears the story that William is allegedly the rightful heir to this lodge. Lancaster killed him and dumped him in the river and still thinks he's dead. Len, this was a surprise to me, as I'm sure it was to you too.
1: Yeah, so the interesting... uh, uh, I'll talk about book differences a little bit now and stuff like that because um, in the book, she goes to the party as Hillary and she pretends to be a member of a lodge or like a leading member of a lodge from like Nantucket, I think it is or something. I'm pretty and, sure it's um, Nantucket, yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. And then she talks to loads of the different lodge members and you sort of, what it does is it gives you more of an impression of the sort of politics that goes on within the Order of the Ancient Dawn, um, which I think we need to get a bit more of because at the moment it just seems a bit like they're sort of not really focusing on that, which is quite an interesting part of the book. Um, yeah, but the the sort of situation's the same. Yes, Captain Lancaster, he is a dick in the book. He's a dick in the show. Um, they're doing some really weird thing with his character in the show I'm, I'm not really sure did you guys pick up on when he took his top off yeah yes. yeah what was going on there so not um, only
0: not only in that scene if we got some guy in the closet bleeding and all cut up and like strung up to the ceiling Thomas. also captain lancaster has some kind of weird skin graft all over his torso like what the fuck is happening here anyone well, this
1: might explain the experimentation on we talked about yeah. in episode three The experimentation entry. on african-americans and how he he was partnered with Hiram Epstein the the crazy um horrible scientist who was doing those awful experiments and it seems that he's continuing his work um or the work was for him because maybe he had some sort of injury and I, I don't know I'm interested to see where that storyline goes because it's, it's something that I've I've not read it's not in the book so I'm really interested to see uh, how that evolves but yeah this this stuff's good um I, I do like the way that it feels weird to me. They've given Ruby the power to be this Hillary character, but they actually need her for who she actually is. Uh, and that's an interesting... Which is quite
0: powerful, isn't it?
1: It's quite powerful. It's quite powerful. It says, look, we actually need you. We don't need Hillary. Um, so, and, and I'm sure that will evolve as well as, as the, as the s- sort of weeks go on.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lucy, what did you think about the whole, they think William's dead, William's not dead. Obviously, this is pre-reveal at the end of the episode.
2: Yeah, what what I thought was, oh, he's the heir to the lodge. Like, how can he be the heir to the lodge? Because I thought he was just like a manservant to the Braithwaites,
1: Yeah. Mm.
2: And yeah, confusing, mm. wasn't it? Yeah, that was my first yep. inkling that like, what? Um, and yeah, you never see them together and they look pretty similar as people. But what I wonder, knowing what I know now, did William ever exist? Or is he really dead? Or has she just inhabited mm, his well, body? Well, this
1: is it, Lucy. All good this questions, it, Lucy. Lucy. All good questions that will be revealed, I, I'm sure. I don't really want an answer, revealed. I'm just
2: positing them for the audience.
0: There <laughs> are no, questions
1: yeah.
0: questions that will be answered, but not in this episode, I think is the uh, answer to that.
1: I was going to say about the Christina and William thing, like last week I was so close to say it, because it's, it's not book canon necessarily, but I was so close to saying, I, th- I think they're the same person. Well,
2: convenient <laughs> that you didn't actually say, didn't it. say it. And oh,
1: then mm. I didn't say it. I promise you, I promise you I didn't say after it. after episode mm. one. Yeah, yeah. I thought
2: it. it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, let's um, let's go downtown for some drinking, shall we? So, uh, the the department store Burks have asked to be taken to the south side. Uh, so they head to the bar, the only bar that we ever seem to go to. Um, it's busy, it's lively, there's dancing and drinking, and the Burks from the department store. I found this whole thing really uncomfortable and tense to experience, which I think was the point. Um. And I think, I think it was really interesting. So Ruby slash Hillary seems to be struggling with this, and she heads outside with the serum, um, and then actually decides to let herself change to the point where she is pulling at her own skin, sh- yeah. like, shedding it, like a mm. weird old snake. What happens to the skin? Um, mm. Does
2: it just stay there and people well, bump she, into yeah, skin? It's, it's like she just before. left yeah, a yeah, pile yeah, 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 of yeah.
0: bits of flesh. Horrible. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it, that was fantastic. There's another part of this scene that's important to note as well, which is that when she's transformed back into Ruby, you know, she's covered in blood and guts and gore, and through the panel she sees Mister Hughes trying to assault Tamra, which is just fucking shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Gaz, Mr. you've Hughes, got you've yeah. got two things here. You've got shedding like a snake and attempted sexual assault. Take your pick.
3: Um, neither seems or like a brilliant option. Um, mm. The. Uh, I, uh, the uh the sort of shots of of ruby ruby's face as she's watching it like just sort of dimly lit and through a hole mm. in the wall or whatever uh that is proper like 80s body shock horror, yeah. isn't it yeah it's like <laughs> mm, yeah um horrendous mm. um i i don't know like i think um i'm not sure what what my thoughts are on the purpose of mr hughes really like did 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 it did we need this from him um i think it's only really to justify what happens at the very end well i think it kind um, of
2: shows that sorry just to cut in there gaz but
3: she no, 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 was hired I Tamara was hired this one.
2: <laughs> um Tamara- was hired without any qualifications and it just shows that she was probably hired because of how she looks because Mr Hughes is interested in mm. um black women so that's mm. maybe some kind of vindication for ruby that you know
3: it's mm. that yeah okay that that expands that a little bit I understand what you yeah, mean she is... it's
2: not that necessary but um yeah the, when she's like oh yeah you know i never even graduated high school and she's quite like perturbed by that and i think maybe this just shows that yeah he is not really pioneering if you're just being chosen because they want to sexually assault you unfortunately Mm.
1: Uh, yeah i think i I think this whole stuff in the alleyway is like really good like gaz mentioned that 80s sort of like peeping through the whole you know horror thing there i think that's bang on i think um I think the transformation scene in this alleyway because we get like more glimpses of it as it goes through the episode and I know we remember we, we really talked about we have talked about the gore but I just want to talk about it some more because I want to talk about the effects and how great they are um the bits where she's like pulling off her face here yeah. it's just amazing.
2: Amazing. It's so good it's, as it hits the
1: floor honestly the Oh, my there's a bit God, where is. There's a
3: bit where, like, a bit of face... Yeah, flaps like, off. ...like, a bit over. of eye is sliding down her back. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. it's really great, it's isn't it? Um, it's brilliant. It, do, do, you know, do you know what I thought? Can I just... Sorry, just for a second. I thought at this point, I was like, is she going to just put that dress back on and go back out there? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I thought that. Gonna be, I thought that, that this isn't going to work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is. It's it's amazing practical effects. It's incredible just sort of like it, it, as a storytelling device i think it's so good like we talked about it earlier about this chrysalis sort of thing and i read somewhere i read somewhere about how this is sort of a an example of how people um of color and people who don't conform to a certain gender um and all of that sort of stuff always try and like constrain themselves keep themselves within somebody like because they can't ever sort of let themselves out right and then this is like literally physically uh tearing themselves apart you know in the process of doing that and I thought that was I I read that somewhere I was like oh my god that's so spot on about what this is trying to do um and I think it does a fantastic job of it in this episode I mean the stuff with Ruby and this transformation is Horrific in so many ways, not just physically, but also just what she's going through every time she does it. So I, I, I loved it. um And Mister Hughes is a dick. I don't know if he deserves us to let up the ass, but well, spoiler I was, warning. I was gonna say, you know.
0: <laughs> let's get to that. So like after this, Ruby is mm-hmm. sitting in the living room. Christina comes out of the basement, like the lo- only locked door in the house, and Christina tries the same conversation with Ruby that she tried with Letty, but Ruby isn't really having any of it. Um, And then we flip to this next scene, which is the Mister Hughes scene. So she goes as Hillary to quit her job, ostensibly, but actually what she does is she half seduces Mister Hughes and then sodomizes him with a stiletto. Mm. Um, Very turns him over and basically, yeah, basically says, "I wanted you to see, wanted you to see it was me, a black woman, that did this to you, you fuck." Um, Yeah. And that was just. 50% fifty percent of me was cheering Ruby on and the other fifty percent was trying not to vomit.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't I didn't need it I did not I d I didn't I don't I don't know if this is a good step for Ruby's character. Um No, I don't think so. Uh, I thought it was a bit out of character. And mm. uh it then got me thinking maybe this is this is all about that, that corrupting influence again that, One uh, that Letty was talking about. Earlier, yeah, the one and, ring and that Lucy was talking about earlier, the one page, the one page,
2: the missing page. How shit is the that? Like everyone fighting over one uh, page.
1: Uh, I think the show's done it again, where they've sort of like had a very good episode, like in their grasp, and then they do something at the end of the episode where I'm like, why, why have you done that? Like, like the Yehime thing last week. I, I obviously am a bit more like an outrage about that because I think for a show that's trying to give such a good social commentary message to then do what they did last week. I think was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like that just, that just goes against everything you're trying to do with the show. And then, then this, this week, I feel like it's just silly and, and too much. Like Emma said, it's very graphic. And like, I get it. Mr. Hughes is a wanker, but there's bigger wankers in this show who deserve, <laughs> who don't deserve really worse. I think
2: anyone think ever deserves sexual assault to that extent and I don't want to watch yeah. something and be like whoop whoop because it was really graphic and awful and I was ready for a, yeah. like a humiliation scene not, and yeah. I was ready to cheer and you know you've got a bit of Cardi B again but yeah, yeah. It, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth but then I guess it's that um Ruby uninterrupted and maybe like Gaz said like maybe this is meant to be the way she goes that she's actually got quite a lot of mm. hatred and violence in Her heart, and this is the result. Yeah. Or it could be the corruption of the One Ring. Can I
0: just clarify that when I said I was cheering her on, it was before the stiletto.
2: Well, you're going to have
0: to do a lot of clarifying. When the stiletto happened,
1: you were like, "Oh, not sure about that."
0: Then I was getting really uncomfortable. Look, there's there's two more things that happen in this episode. Um, One is the William, uh, like Christina crawling out of William, which just so good blew me away because I was not expecting it. And yet I looked at it and thought I should have done. I mean like Gaz, you're making a frown face. Tell me.
3: Uh, no, no, no. I liked it. I liked it. Um, I, I I think I was frowning because you didn't use the Wilsteiner. As agreed. So,
1: you know, yeah. yeah. Chrissium. No, I prefer chrisium chrisium's better. Chrissium. I don't like any of them. is also quite good. Wilstina. Wilstina. Yeah. Will Will Steiner. Steiner. Will Steiner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, um, I, it's good isn't it I,
3: I think uh, there's, there's been there had, had been a lot of chat online about whether they are the same person
1: yeah um, probably me probably I, me <laughs> spreading those rumours yeah. just
3: laying everywhere Leonardo7 I think that Will Cena's the same person um, can you start posting that everywhere please mate Linaldo Hashtag six. Will <laughs> um, no if it's me it'll be Chrissium, you know that so yeah. I, yeah I I think earlier in this episode I started thinking that um but but yeah i didn't i it wasn't like a long running thing where i was like oh i can't wait for that to be revealed um but yeah kind of cool and like lucy said there are a few mysteries still uh, a few questions that arise because of it like is will actually a person um is he is he alive is he
1: um, mm. what's going on it, you know, what's it's, going it's on it's interesting yeah I think it gives the character of Christy because I hate the character of Christina really. I have said that several times. I don't know why they've made the change. I obviously know why they've sort of made the change to sort of say that like women in this world are also, you know, don't they don't have the same rights because she, she should be the heir to the White estate and all this sort of stuff. Um, but it's interesting to me that she's having to use the potion to transform into William to get uh ahead in the world of adam and i think that's that's interesting to me so so it gives her character a bit more context and i think i think it's a good um step for her character and it made her character far more interesting for me anyway
0: well it'll be interesting to see what happens as we move on through the last sort of four episodes five episodes of the season i mean the the last thing we see and i've i've skipped over this a little bit so tix doing a lot of deciphering um of the language of decoding
1: adam. yeah yeah, Enigma blah, blah, code. blah. blah.
0: Um, and he seems to have made a breakthrough at the end and he rushes to the telephone and makes a call to a woman, who I believe is Christina, correct me if I'm wrong, and basically says, how I think, did you I think know? You're wrong. I think it's you're the wrong. Korean girl now.
3: It's the Korean girl. It's G-A. the G-A. Korean girl.
0: Gia.
1: Yeah, Gr. Gia.
0: How on earth did that happen? Um, uh, okay, right, could someone explain this to me then? Because I did not get this ending. Um, so he makes the phone call and then you see the word die on paper.
1: Yeah, so it's it, we don't know yet. Uh, uh, and a little spoiler warning, next week we're going to the Korean War. Um, cool. So a whole episode at the Korean War, basically. So get ready for that. Um, and we're going to find out more about this character next week because uh, we don't know now. Like, Well, I'll ask questions about it. Yeah, but yes, it's it, it relates to the phone call that he gave in episode one in Sundown where he called this mysterious number... Um, and they chatted for a brief second. I can't remember what was said. And then um, th- he's done the same. Yeah, the same call here. Um, and we obviously had that scene in the sort of imagination, violent fight scene in the Braithwaite Estate um, in Arden. So there's pieces to put together of the puzzle here. And next week it looks like the puzzle will be coming together, and we'll understand a bit more.
0: Well, look, talking about puzzles. Um, I reckon it's time for Cthulhu Corner, Len, if you'd like to mm. take and us lots through. lots of feedback. Our listener feedback, etc.
1: Hello and welcome to Cthulhu Corner. All hail Cthulhu. Now, um, this week we've got a slightly shorter uh, corner because we have a ton of feedback. But I thought it'd be cool just to talk about a few things. So the title, and Gareth has mentioned this, we've all mentioned it. Strange Case is obviously in relation to a strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, There are many characters in this episode who we see different sides of um ruby and william most obviously but montrose as well as we've talked about and even Atticus when he goes to his violent side um I mean, he almost kills montrose i can't stop um, thinking
0: about dr gecko now
2: apparently. yeah same.
1: <laughs> yeah um and <laughs> dr jekyll and mr hyde is 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 heavily referenced in the book they literally read excerpts from the book whilst this whole ruby storyline is going on so they've literally just lifted that straight straight from the novel which is great I was going to talk to you, Gareth, about a lot of Lovecraftian horror and about how yeah, that yeah. actually focuses on transformation um, and mutation. But mainly they, they, they call it transformation um, in a very cosmic and unquantifiable ways, like um, stuff with the Cthulhu Missos. And And you watched Color Out of Space recently it um, and that, how that involves a lot of transformation. Uh, it is yeah. actually very good. Yeah, uh, watch it if you want a really fucked up film and Nicolas Cage is sort of Nicolas Cage best which is kind of crazy cage I do want. I this. would suggest going to watch color out of space yeah it's I love crazy, crazy honestly, cage honestly um, it's properly crazy cage weird <laughs> it's weird, weird. Yeah. what's it called again um, uh, color, color out of space,
0: space. okay um,
1: but it's it's a lot of like lovecraft and horror is about transformation so I thought that was very interesting um obviously this is a lot more human a lot more of a sort of human transformation. And then in terms of horror films that I sort of thought about when I was watching this, uh, the, the most obvious one to me is David Cronenberg's The Fly. Um, yeah. Something about the transformations in this episode yeah. felt very reminiscent of that to me. Um, and that is also one of my favourite films ever. Um, it is horrific. And um, I felt the practical effects were were excellent in that even like that 1970s film. And I think this this film also does a fantastic job of, of showing the visceral nature of that transformation. And we talked about how, uh, the, the sort of meaning behind that transformation as well. So very good stuff. Book differences. Um, you know, Caleb or Christina, whatever, doesn't transform into William. That's his own character, all right? So it's a new thing. Uh, Ruby, as I said, is a lot more sceptical of uh, Christina slash William um And here she sort of seems to have a lot of affection for him, which I I found quite interesting. And then Montrose, as I said, there's no in- inclination that he's gay in the books. Um, just, just 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 he's a father who was abused whilst he was a kid, and then mimics that abuse on his son Atticus, and it's this history of violence which we discussed. And and as I said, they're making Montrose a much more interesting, layered character in the show, which you know is great when you've got Michael K. Williams. You know, give him the range to work with. Okay. That was a short Cthulhu corner. And now we move on to feedback because, boy, howdy, we got a lot of feedback this week, guys. Boy, howdy, howdy, have we got a lot of feedback. Um, Mainly, you know, uh, we put out this thing last week where we talked about how the show is extremely divisive and um, how you know, we wanted to start a dialogue with listeners and see how we could, you know, improve on certain things or if we're doing an okay job with certain things. And also just discuss the sort of nature of the show because, you know, we love listener feedback and we love discussing the show with you guys, most importantly. So we've got a very, varied amount of feedback here. So let's crack on. First email is from Gail Krieger. Hello, Gail. Um, She says, great podcast. It is enormously adding to my enjoyment of the show. So that's good. Good start. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Gail. We should uh, probably end it there. I know this is not his I know this is not a history podcast, but Tulsa is properly referred to as the Tulsa race massacre, uh, not a race riot. I think that's my bad. I think I did that last week. No, I think um, it
0: was me actually, and I um, I I clocked myself on it um yeah. afterwards. So, sorry, girl. Sometimes Thank when you. we just
1: speak, we speak really quickly. We just, you know, because we're trying to get loads of information. in. Uh, the word riot is often used to intentionally mislabel an event, which is, you know, a, a protest or an uprising. Riot implies wrongdoing. Mm. A good point um, is used mm. to, yeah, is used to minimise and obscure the underlying history and triggering events. So obviously, yeah. this was the different a lexus massacre. has so much power. Um, yeah, it's a massacre, and you know, we we we've discussed the Tulsa uh, race. Massacre a lot in the Watchman podcast because, as we said, that was heavily featured in that show. Um, She also says, Keep up the great work and thank you for your willingness to engage in a conversation around the issue of racism and Cthulhu. Thanks, Gail. uh,
2: Thanks,
1: Gail. Thanks, Gail. Next up, we've got an email from Liz. Hey, guys. It's been a while, but I just watched all four episodes of Lovecraft, and of course had to write in after listening to the coverage. The show is awesome. I've not read the books, so I love to hear you guys talk about some of the differences. Journey Smollett is absolutely killing it. I love that they mentioned Tulsa. I hope we get some time with them exploring that theme. HBO did it so well with Watchmen. I also learned about Sundown Towns, which I went immediately to Google uh, to research after hearing it on the show. Anyway, I'm loving the show and can't wait to see what happens in the story. I need to know what they're going to do to Ruby I'm worried about her giving the show and fan critical coverage five bloobs cheers R.I.P. George yeah. yes R.I.P. George I we him. miss you yeah. um, God I wish George was still in the show I wish he was still in the show he's still in the book so if if you miss George go pick up the book mm-hmm. okay and read it in fact I, I ask everyone to read the book because I think the book um, also does a fantastic job um, doesn't it Em it does a great job
0: it does excellent and it's a short read um, but
1: yeah, yeah uh next up we have lani good morning all just want to say that of all of the podcasts i listen to and there's quite a few you guys are by by far my favorite i enjoy the shows and movies you cover as well as the camaraderie you all have also sorry for the long email but here we go currently listening to your most recent podcast on lovecast country and i'm astounded to hear that you guys received criticism about the way you discuss racism i guess i'm curious as to whether people were angry you were bringing it up or were upset because they thought you were glossing over it as a black American, I applaud the fact that you are tackling shows like Watchmen and Lovecraft Country that are so heavily steeped in racism. Furthermore, not once have I felt that you've skated over the issue of race or anyway tried to downplay it. I'll stop it there. I think um, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because we talked about this last week. Um, everyone interprets everything differently. And if we have skated over anything, we apologize. Some stuff does get cut from the podcast because basically we record for a very long time. And then I have to edit this down to a digestible size for (laughs) everybody. Otherwise we'd be be here for like four hours discussing everything. Um, So yes, if we have ever skated over anything, we do apologise. But as I said, there's a lot to sort of unpack with this show if you get what I mean I'll crack on Uh, Lani goes on to say the fact that you really uh, readily admit to not knowing some of the nuances of American history specifically when it comes to race relations but then going so far as researching gets you a round of applause from me race has always been and will continue to be a sensitive topic for a myriad of reasons some think it's taboo to discuss at all and others get argumentative when you try to bring it up I say the only way to eradicate racism is through classroom education such as the 1619 project but if shows like Watchmen and Lovecraft country can educate an entire group of viewers then great continue to do what you do guys you do it well Thanks, really. So thank i think that is also true email. we mentioned yeah thank you lani we do appreciate that i think it's also fair to say right guys that um it like we said last week it's a divisive show it's a divisive subject matter like just because it, you know we don't think it's divisive you know we just want to discuss it um but some people have very strong opinions on this subject matter and i think that comes through in the subreddit i think it comes through in the facebook fan groups i think it comes through in in podcasts about the show i think it's just it's just one of those shows which causes uh, a good healthy conversation so absolutely yeah uh, next one from fm who had some opinions on uh last week's episode and some questions um maybe i nodded off but i completely did not understand how they ended up back at letty's house after their big adventure <laughs> do you remember this Uh, (laughs) i didn't either don't worry i Uh, I was completely
0: lost i'm the host i mean
1: i i know that letty has an elevator but i did not connect the museum elevator to the one at her house i didn't even realize they were back until Dee asked her mom about it uh there were a few other things as well uh so the the elevator yeah like we we talked about that i I don't have an explanation
2: for it like
1: it's like it's that idea of like
2: it's just magic other
1: dimensions and and we get we get a mention of doorways in this episode right like even william says yeah it's we can create doorways, and I, I didn't think there were actual just...
0: doorways. I thought it was just a metaphor.
1: No, I think it's physical doorways. Um, um, and then also says uh, Montrose better had a good reason for killing Yehima. Why the heck? Um, he not I can't wait to hear what you all think. Don't think we've got a reason for that yet. No. No. Pending. Okay, this one from um, next email up is from John Foster Bay. Um, I want to say how much I enjoy your discussion and banter about Lovecraft Country. My comments are going to be a bit of a stream of consciousness, so please excuse me. However, as a 71-year-old black man who grew up during the period portrayed in the show, I find your forays into race to be a bit shallow and influenced. I would even say suffering too much from the current ahistorical definitions of systematic racism and critical race theory. So this is an interesting this is an interesting email because. Um, Obviously, John live through the time, so I mean, you know, it's it's fascinating for us to hear from people who are living through the time portrayed in the show, right? Also I mean, fascinating, valuable
0: We have an older audience, which oh, is 100%. great. Like that's awesome.
1: It is awesome. Uh, so he goes on. For example, the idea that white supremacy is a unique aberration is historically false. All over the world, all throughout history, the technologically and militarily superior cultures have dominated their less advanced neighbors, long being before the Europeans arrived in America. Uh, the Inca and the Aztecs dominated and conquered less advanced tribes and ethnic groups, uh, and in all these situations, the rule was anything but benevolent. Um, as a black man, the key thing I take away from about America is the extraordinary amount of racial, social change and progress over our history. I grew up during the de jure and the de facto racial segregation, and the de facto racial segregation of the period shown. I know that actual conditions for black people were much more nuanced than the narrative being told by our current crop of anti-racism and social justice warriors. Indeed, the amount of racial progress made is astonishing uh, by any measure. I again want to say how much I enjoy your podcast even if I do sometimes disagree with your interpretation of race. Hmm. Okay, what do you think about that, guys? Well, you, super interesting. I mean, you can't argue with can't it. Argue. It's, it's, can't, no. can't
3: argue with that. Uh, it's such a valuable insight and perspective that obviously we don't have um and so you know without without sort of wanting to um get defensive because i think that was a a a really a lovely email and it was um very sort of respectful and understanding i think but I i think that is the point is that um yeah we we don't have that insight we don't we didn't live like, through it um no. we none of us grew up in america uh and and i think even lots of people who did grow up in america don't have that understanding of the, the history yeah. of, no. of racism um in in mm-hmm. the country um uh, lots do of course but lots don't and you know we we openly admit that we are learning as we go
1: along learning um, yeah and it's emails like that that help us to to, to learn yeah, 100%. And, and, absolutely and, and, yeah it's such a valuable email john and um i know we've had a little dialogue on email and just to say that we really do appreciate your support i know you you like the podcast which is great thanks for taking the time Um, and as i said to
2: email us and to open that dialogue thanks for
1: taking the time to send yeah because that's that 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 is such valuable insight and it like i said like gaz said we're just we're we only know from our perspective like we you know read the news obviously we dig deeper than just the news we read so many different articles we try and make our own informed decisions on things but you know a perspective like yours is is, is so valuable because it was at the time and and relates so clearly to the show uh so it's so it's so valuable so thank yeah, you very much amazing john. thank
0: you john and let
1: us know if if you pick up on anything else because um we'd love to hear hear more from you um next up an email from george jones um thanks for writing in george hello there after hearing the last podcast i just wanted to shoot a little support your way i'm a brown guy who grew up in the bronx so while i'm steeped in a lot of the topics and issues that are touched on in the show i do appreciate hearing each of your perspectives on things missing things here and there or requiring more context to completely express it on a podcast is completely understandable i wouldn't hold that against anyone who seems to be honestly coming to the topics with respect and an open mind i'm sure some people have valid complaints i respect uh those who may disagree with me I just wanted to let you know that you're doing a good job balancing the content of the show um, that seems (laughs) to shift tone from super duper serious to straight up wonky. Maybe that kind of shifting is more palatable in a television format for some than a podcast. Yeah, it it is difficult to cover this show, isn't it? When it's um, it's it's kind of all over the place at times Mm. Uh, (laughs) makes it it does make it a challenge. I have to say this is probably the most challenging Show we've ever covered. Oh, definitely, 100. Um, yeah, I I think it's although it's season two of Westworld, just in terms of
2: did nearly break my brain. So <laughs> that was the challenge. Yeah, yeah.
0: at least Let's... this is think, enjoyable I, to watch.
3: I think we have uh, you missed the you missed the last season. Well, of yeah, you <laughs> missed season three of Westworld. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> we did, I think we did. Yeah. we've all got our own personal shows that we've covered where it's been very difficult. Um, and I think I think this show is difficult for a good reason. I think it's difficult because it's, make, it's, challenge, it's it challenging, challenging us yeah. on a weekly, a daily basis, to be honest <laughs> with you. It's challenging, <laughs> yeah, challenging me on a daily basis anyway. Um, right, next up, we have an email from Cecily. Hi, guys. I'm a fan of your show. I enjoy listening to all of your diverse opinions about Lovecraft. However, after listening to your most recent podcast, I've noticed something that has been consistently brought up by all parties and should be discussed further. Uh, it's the expectation of horror and what it should look like. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe your idea of horror may be one-dimensional and possibly limited to your own personal experiences. By definition, horror is an intense feeling of fear, shock, or disgust. Being a 34-year-old black woman raised in Southern California, most of the imagery displayed in the show, specifically in regards to racism in America, has frightened me. To see them projected on my television screen in present day is unsettling. Or maybe it's because in the summer of 2020, Uh, in the summer of 2000 when I was 11 years old my family was accosted by a white sheriff while passing through a small sundown town en route to Savannah GA. Uh, I'll never forget those evil piercing blue eyes and threatening words he spoke to my father while his son no older than myself at the time sat in the front seat of the police car. I'll never forget the fear his horrible English and strong southern accent evoked in my father a man who is six foot three burly educated and had been fearless up until that moment i will never forget the fear and sadness i felt maybe it's because as i watched i knew if atticus misspoke it would have cost him his life i saw the same fear and caution in atticus uh, as i did in my dad while i'm also a fan of blood gore and monsters please note that they do not have to be present in order to evoke fear and i hope my insight helps you guys yeah. Thank absolutely. you very much for that email, Cecily. That is you know, once again um valuable because it's 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 personal, it's it's an account of something that you've experienced that has been echoed in the show. Um, and of course, uh if if we haven't said it and if you don't think we've said it, um, you know, the, the tagline of the book is the real monsters of America. That is the the tagline
0: I don't think we've of mentioned that book. actually, Len. That's really worth mentioning. I think I think
1: we did. I think we did mention it in the preview podcast to the season because we did discuss 10, the book in more detail. Um, and I guess for me and Emma, I think what might happen is um, we sort of we, we don't gloss over it, but we've read the book, we watched the show, we know that tagline, we know that the real end, you know, the real monsters of the show is, is racism and it's this conversation about race. Maybe we haven't articulated that well enough during the show because we are trying to once again balance this interesting blend of, of 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 horror and real horror you know what i mean and also criticize you know being critical of the show the way it's telling those stories is it doing it in the most effective manner um it's it's a, a difficult balancing act right so um i think that email is very very uh can i just say with, with that
3: email um see this is probably an example of um, how how our listeners can can help us? The thought of there being a sundown town like
1: in the yeah. year two thousand um, yeah, horrific. I mean that's that's, that's it, it was in quotation marks because it's obviously an area that used to be a sundown town or had a sundown town. But the vibe. fact that that but, even that but, fear
0: yeah. even exists is horrifying.
1: Yeah, yeah. So obviously
3: it's not like a it's not like a legal thing, but um, it's not sort of officially designated a sundown town. But in in all practical ways it is that's um yeah that's pretty it's pretty incredible um it's
1: is yeah shocking shocking to hear shocking stuff but as i said these emails are fantastic because i'm sure lots of people listening to this listeners are listening to this and learning stuff as uh, we are as well because we do know some things but obviously the the, the valuable insight we get from some, some people who have been through experiences that relate to the show is fantastic That is stuff that we want to hear because it only enhances our viewing. You know what I mean? And it probably enhances a lot of our listeners viewing as well. Uh, Next up, we have an email from Kim. Uh, She says, hey, I love your podcast and listening to your honest, careful and caring insights into Lovecraft Country and the other shows that you all reflect on. Thank you, Kim. Uh, I hope you're already aware. But just in case the official HBO podcast includes a writer from the show. She and the co-host discuss uh, the deep and complicated racial aspects of the story and very intentional process to create challenged the writers to go through. Um, she commends this resource if, if we want to check it out. Obviously, we do listen to it. Um, now, what I will say about official podcasts, and I love them because they're as a, in, invaluable once get information from what the writers were thinking when they created the show. I find very rarely they actually criticize their own show. Obviously, mm. <laughs> they're yeah. never going to analyse their own show and go, well, did we tell that the correct way? Very rarely do they do that. Um, and what we do here at Fan Critical is, as I said, we balance everything. We are not just looking at the social commentary. We are also looking at this as a piece of art, a piece of television. Is it delivering that message in the correct manner? Could they have done something better? Was this character sidelined, like Yahima, for example? Um, you know, well, and also, we're looking I think... At-
0: they know exactly Every the aspect. point they're trying to get across. And sometimes it's not that easy as a fan or a viewer to to get that. So yes. definitely interesting. To so hear. they're
1: saying, yeah, it's the same with all official podcasts. I I love them. I listen to them. Such valuable insight. They're, they're telling you what they're trying to get across. But did it come across that way? You know what I mean? Like, if you watch the episode and didn't have their insight... Did, did it come across that way and and that's what we try and do here we try and analyse the show, rate it fairly as we do with our patented blueberry <laughs> scale um, so yeah of course we listen to it please everyone do listen to it I think that will definitely go into a lot more of the social commentary than the actual construction of the show uh, whereas we try and do a bit of both if you get what I mean plus Cthulhu Corner, you know, that's ours that's patented, nice. Cthulhu Corner so check that out uh, and next up, and finally, an email from Tara. Um, firstly, Rubia's as Hilary Davenport was wearing the face of the of the Dell Dog Woman from episode two, who was guarding yeah, the we tower. Didn't mention yeah, this. now we, we didn't actually talk no. about this. <laughs> I did sort of mention it in passing. Then read, I think we forgot. We know it. who she is, um, and then we so never mentioned back. it again. <laughs> oh, we know who she is. <laughs> oh, um, it was weird. It was weird to me that. That we went back to her because in my mind and Emma in the book, there's she's a much more like she's a red head. Hillary is a red haired sort of quite attract, very attractive woman. Like essentially, whereas That's Hillary why I in get,
0: the show is a bit sort of more. I don't want to yeah. say run of the mill, but she not like stand out, though, striking <laughs> and stand out kind of thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and also
0: I'll be honest, I had to go back and check because I wasn't sure that that was who she was um it didn't immediately click to me
1: uh tara goes on to say i will have to go back and rewatch but i'm pretty sure she was killed so i'm assuming that the real william was also killed by the police captain i wonder if the potion slash spell was created by the real william or christina it's possible uh there are other characters who are not who they appear to good be Good
2: point, Tara. Uh, the
1: storyline of montrose and his luck lo- very good point the storyline of Montrose and his lover just misses the time period of McCarthyism and is a bit too early for the Stonewall riots, but I do feel both of those elements are related to the civil rights undertones of the show. Good point. Um, McCarthyism McCarthyism was the f- early 50s, I believe, but. Um, Stonewall was 70s. Correct me if I'm wrong. Lastly, while HBO does get a, lack of, uh, a lot of flack for their gratuitous use of sex, I think this episode highlights how much sex slash relationships can be different. Ruby and William's bath scene seems manipulative slash transactional and Tick slash Letty's is honest slash vulnerable. Tick and Letty affirm their commitment to each other before they have sex while Montrose barely acknowledged his lover before the act. You have the creepy store manager that sexually assaults Tamara and then Hillary slash Ruby brutally attacking him. Interesting points. Yep. Yeah, very. Um, Thanks, Tara. I I, I didn't... That is very good, Tara. I didn't really look at um, the sensuality of these relationships and how they're all different, and they are all different. um, And that has brought that to light to us. So thanks very much, Tara. I'll definitely be interested to check more of that out next week and in the coming weeks, for sure. Um, And that's it for feedback this week. A lot of feedback. If you want to send us feedback... All you've got to do is email fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. That is fancriticalpodcast at gmail.com. The email will be in the show notes. So you can also just do it that way. Uh, As I said, love hearing from you all. Such a varied amount of um, experiences and takes on the show and takes on the issues social commentary in the show. We love discussing it. Um, So please do send us your thoughts. And that's it, Em. Back to you in the studio.
0: Thanks, Len. And thank you to everybody who has written in to us this week. Um, amazingly varied uh, and educational and insightful feedback that I really appreciate. Um, look, I, I, we've had a really long podcast today. We talked about some really great stuff, I think, and I've really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to having a week off. So I am moving house next Ouch. week. Len will be taking over hosting the podcast for you. And I can't wait. Watch to to yeah Here we go.
1: Watch Chaos out. Chaos descends.
0: Watch out, guys, um, but that no, is...
1: Emma, what's happening is you're taking a little potion <laughs> and metamorphosizing into me. No, I don't yeah? want to. I don't want to. And then the next week I'll just rip, 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 rip me off and you'll be there again.
0: Well, um, I don't want to rip oh, anyone off um, sure. physically or, or metaphorically. <laughs> um, but thank unpleasant. you, everybody, for joining me today. Uh, I will see you in two weeks and the rest of this lot will see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye.